the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Mission of Life podcast. We have a special guest today named Jeffrey Hardwick with a Transforming Word Ministries, where they help you recognize God all the time to discover and live your purpose. Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. Yes, welcome, Jeffrey. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to share my story with you guys and all your listeners. Yeah, we are excited to have you. It's been a long time coming, and uh, we are excited for what you have to share. So your ministry, in many ways, is helping others to hear God better in their own lives. But take us back some. How did you first begin hearing God in your own life, and how were you sure it was God's voice? That's a great question, Dan. Um, I can't specifically say like a specific year where I just started hearing God, but I would get like impressions like words of knowledge, a word of knowledge is that you know something about somebody, what's present or in their past. And I would just share it with people. And they would said, how did you know that? It's like, I have no idea. Boo-boo. You know, so I just said, it's it gotta be God. So I just started doing that. But honestly, Dan, it took years for me to get to the point where I wasn't wavering back and forth questioning. When you get to, when you listen to the Lord enough throughout the day, and even in the evening time, you're able to recognize that still small voice in your heart. And what I try to teach is to get people out of their heads because they're trying to hear God in their head where God wants to have a heart to heart conversation Mm -hmm. with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. So tell us more. How do you, how do you know it's in your heart then? I mean, so many times we think things through in our mind, but how do we, how do we know and discern between our mind and our heart? That's a great question. Part of it is where your focus is. And when I ask people a question, I'll say, ask the Lord a question, and then they'll stop and listen. And if they do this, and they're looking up, that's they're in their head. They're trying to figure out or guess what God is trying to say. And God wants to have a heart to heart conversation. And where's Jesus living right now? He's living in our heart. So what I teach is you kind of look down at your heart, and then you'll and then your focus is down there. And then you'll be able to hear him. And I remember one time, Holy Spirit kind of tested me on this. I was um, having a conversation with him. I hit the elevator button and I went upstairs here and immediately the Holy Spirit said, that's your soul. That's not your spirit. Because I was having like a spirit to spirit conversation. Sorry, we'll cut, we'll cut in there. So no, you I, want me to, what did God say there? Uh, God was saying, no, go ahead. Yeah. She was breathing on the microphone. I didn't hear it. I could hear it in my, in my headpiece. Okay. So. I'm going to do this. So we know when to edit. Ready? Good. All right. So, uh, so hearing people, you hearing God in, in our hearts is what is what you're saying. Um, for analytical people, how does somebody who likes to be in their mind all the time learn to go from mind to heart? What, is, what, are, what are some ways? Well, the Lord gave me a scripture in the message version of Proverbs 3, 5. In the King James, it says, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. But in the message, it says, trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart and stop trying to figure things out on your own. <laughs> and I remember when the Lord told me that, it's like, ouch. Are you saying when I try to figure things out in my head, I'm not trusting you? He said, yes. And so for those analytical people, it's really a trust issue. 
And, and that's a lot of, and I know several people that they're just very analytical and they just, for some reason, they're just uh, programmed or it's a pattern or a habit for them. And they need to get to the place where they get really quiet on the inside. And a lot of times it's, again, where are your eyes? Are you focusing up in your head or are you focusing down in your heart? And I can tell when I have peace here, up here, I have like confusion, sometimes anxiety, worry, trying to figure things out. And God's wanting to have this conversation in my heart. And there's many times where I'll do this, Dan, where I will, he'll ask me a question. I'll be talking. All of a sudden I take the elevator upstairs and then I'll be up here for like 20 minutes. And the Lord's just waiting for me to stop figuring things out and come back down. It's like, oh yeah, Lord, what were you talking about again? So it's just as simple as, you know, asking the Lord, Lord, please help me to trust you and stop leaning on my own understanding. Because that's, if you're trying to figure it out, guess or analyze, then in a nutshell, you're not trusting God with all your heart. So when somebody is, you know, trying to listen to their heart, okay, take me, talk, take me through the process, man, I'm trying to hear God. I want to know God's will on something. I'm, I'm praying about it. I'm beginning, I'm trying to get out of my mind into my heart. I begin to have some of the different feelings. I feel like I'm getting something in my heart. What are some ways that we can kind of confirm that this is indeed God that I'm hearing, not just my own emotions, the food that I ate for, for lunch? How do, how do we, how do we discern that? What are some steps we can do to, to, to know for sure? Well, Dan, the first thing is it's got to line up with scripture. It's, it's got to agree with scripture. It's got to agree with, with God's will. If it's not agreeing with God's will, um, then you just, th that's not of the Lord. The second thing is, and you talked about feelings, you're going to experience a lot of peace in your heart. When, when you're making decisions, for example, whether it's work or investing or relationships or whatever it is, uh, when you ask the Lord, you're going to have peace in your heart. And it's really good. And Amanda can probably attest to this. It's really good that you check with your wife because they have this inside uh, intuition or Amanda, how would you describe that when you just know that, that it's the Lord, that you have like a check in your heart, so to speak? Mm, how would I describe that? Um, you know, it, that's also a process because even as, you know, as a wife, you know, we still have to say, is it my emotions versus God's word? You know, am I feeling anxiety because of myself or, you know, am I in my head or am I, you know, as you said earlier, looking down <laughs> and putting the focus on Jesus, you know, and I think, um, you know, it's very important for, you know, for wives to get that focus as well before saying, hey, this is what, you know, I am sensing from the Lord is taking it to prayer yourself and not, because um, that is the intuition. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, you have to be in the word, you have to be in prayer um, in order to have that <laughs> godly intuition. But um, yes, I would say there's been times where, um, I have, you know, said, Hey, Dan, let's put the brakes on this or Good. yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. And, um, you know, but I always have to check, you know, if it's a no, is it because of me or is it God? And, you know, it's something that really has to be processed and determined. Sure. Yeah, so I have a couple of friends that, um, their wives, they call it just a gut 
feeling. You know, they just know that, yes, this is supposed to be, not be. And friends of mine here in Kearney, um, they were going to purchase some equipment for their business and, and he was going to go for it. And she just, she just didn't have a piece about it. Well, it ended up breaking on him and it didn't work at all. And so what happened was, is when they, when they came together the next time that they purchased uh, an upgrade of the equipment and some other tools, both of them had a piece about it. And you could just see the smile on their face going, yeah, we're doing what God is calling you to do. But Dan, a lot of times uh, people don't know that God's already been speaking to them. And I teach something called God's Wi-Fi. God speaks to me a lot of times in, af- in acronyms. And uh, Wi-Fi is words, images, feelings, and impressions. So God's already been speaking to you, for example, with words that could be scripture verses, that could be just like phrases that we typically use. Um, when I lived up in Minnesota, there's a phrase up there that instead of people saying yes, they'd say, you betcha. And I found out in Nebraska, they say, you betcha here. That really surprised me that they're making fun of me because I was from, uh, lived up in Minnesota. It's like, no, we say you betcha here. And so I remember going to church one day. I, I picture the, the corner. I was like two blocks away from the church. And I asked God a question. I knew the answer was going to be yes, but he said, you betcha. Like, <laughs> okay. Here's another one he uses for me. Um, he's, when, I, when I ask a question and he, the answer is usually no or nothing, he says, nada. It's like, you speak Spanish too. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know why he does that with me, but he just says nada. It's like, so those are certain things that I know that, that, that the Lord is speaking to me. Cause I'm not going to say nada. I'm going to say no or nothing, but that's just how God speaks to me. And then another way is like pictures and images. When I lived in Colorado, I thought Jesus said, my sheep are my voice. I know them and they follow me. So I was a word, 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 word guy. I thought that's the only way that God communicated with us. But then I realized that he gives us pictures. And so I, when I see things, I see a lot of pictures. I, I, I hear and I see. So I think a lot of people need to realize that, hey, God's probably been giving you an impression uh, or a picture that um, he's showing you something right there. Because a lot of times, this I think where people get hung up, Dan, is they ask God a question, they're not hearing anything but they get all these pictures or these emotions or impressions and God's been speaking to them and they get frustrated and they go, man, I, I haven't heard God all day. And God's been, uh, yeah, I've been showing you some pictures and, and, and feelings, impressions. So hopefully that, that helps your, uh, your audience understand that God's already been speaking to you. You just need to realize it's either through words, images, feelings, impressions. And here's the good news. It, it could be one or a combination of all four. So I encourage you over the, the next week here is just pay a little more attention. It's like, okay, God, wh- what's, what's my sweet spot? And that's what I love to teach. Let's find your sweet spot in your heart where God is, is having that one-on-one conversation with you. I know you do a lot of different programs where you, you've done coaching, you've done workshops around the country, even internationally online. And you work with a lot of different people. What are some of the top things you see holding people back from hearing God in their own lives? I would say the number one thing is uh, they just don't believe to hear God. I mean, they're just, they're just believing a lie from the devil. So we got to get to John 10, 27 and ask him, do you believe that when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, I know them and they, and follow me. Does that apply to you? In other words, are you a sheep? And I'll say, if you're a sheep, go, bah. So they go, bah. Okay, you're a sheep. That means you hear his voice. Um, But they waver back and forth. I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's the enemy. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's my spouse or parents or whatever. You need to, that's the first thing they need to believe is that, that they do hear God. Think about it. 
God created us to have what? A relationship. Why would he create us in a way where we're not able to communicate and hear him? That wouldn't make any sense. Think about your children. What if your kids could not communicate with you? Even though they're created to talk with you, it's like, what kind of relationship would that be? I mean, as talkative as Elizabeth is, and it's just like, and they're, and she's going, I can't hear you. I can't hear you, mom. can't hear you, dad. It's like, that, that's just kind of crazy. So God created us to to hear him. And so that's the first thing, because once they believe that I can hear God, then the doubt and the wavering, then we get to the place going, okay, I believe that I hear God, but where's my sweet spot? Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So belief is so important. If we believe that we can hear God, we, we begin to put ourselves in the right kind of attitude, the right heart place to begin to hear him. But if we don't believe, if we don't believe God speaks, if he's not really a person, if he's just this being that is in heaven and really almost not, not in touch with this, with this creation, then, then we're not going to be able to hear him that way. And um, so just believing God is so important. And, and, you know, the word says that without, without believing, we can't please God. It's without faith, without trusting him, we can't, we don't please him. And so we have to get to that place in our hearts where we believe first that he exists, that he does speak. And then we can begin to position ourselves to hear his voice and then begin to do those things that he's speaking to us. So, wow. So important to believe that God, that God indeed does speak. So such a good example too, for, for our daughter, because Indeed, she wants to communicate with us and 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 um, she wants to hear our voice and she wants to talk and she wants to fellowship with us. And if I were just to stay silent, wow, that would really destroy intimacy. It would destroy fellowship with her and really um, cause her to question, does he does does dad really even love me? Wow. Yes. And that's that's a good point, too, um, where people don't believe that God loves them. So if God doesn't love me, why would I be able to hear his voice or why would I be able to communicate? I would, and that was the second one. The third one is most likely their relationship with their dad growing up. What kind of relationship did they have? And so when I ask people, it's like, did you talk with your dad? No, he was never home. And when he came home, he just wanted to watch TV. So they never communicated. So that's because our dads are supposed to be an example of Abba Father. And whether they realize it or not, they just are. And they're supposed to speak identity into us. And so if we look back over our childhood, it's like, were you afraid of God? I was because, because of my dad, um, did not know how to, uh, have healthy emotion, didn't know how to express his emotions healthy. That's the best way I'm going to say it. So I was always like on the edge, you know? And, and so when I started to have a relationship with God, I thought he was mad at me. You know, I remember one time, this is probably 15 years ago when I lived in Minnesota. I just had it with God. I was so mad. I just yelled out at him. And this is just my bad perspective of a loving father was I thought lightning was going to strike me because I was so mad. I was in the house. I mean, what was I thinking? You know what he did? He just loved me instead. It's like, Mm -hmm. what is this? You're loving me. And I had a lie when I was growing up. I believed, and this is just for any human being, for me to believe that you love me, you had to do two things. One, you said, Jeffrey, I love you. And you give me a hug. So if you didn't say I love you or hug me, then I didn't believe you believe me. I didn't believe that you love me. So hardly anybody hugged me or, or said I love you. So I believe for almost 30 years, nobody loved me. And I remember one time I was kneeling down on my bed because I would, before I go to sleep, I said, Lord, I thank you. I love you. And he said this to me, which was just like a rhema word, like an aha moment that was just, it just blew me away. He said, Jeffrey, 
I love you. Even when I don't tell you, I love you. It's like, really? I mean, that was just like, oh my gosh. And he does love us, whether we hear that still small whisper in our heart or not. Wow. So important. That's such a foundational truth that so many people, unfortunately, don't always know or understand to the, the capacity that they, that they can and they should, um, because God is love, really. That's who, he, that's who he is at his core. He loves us. And the fact that he sent his son to die for us, I mean, that, that is, it just totally exemplifies his love. But we, we sometimes kind of take that and we, um, we kind of retell a different story. We, we t- almost take God's love out of it and we put sin into it and we make sin the main focus of the entire story. But really, this whole life is about God, about his love, about his redemption, about his glory. And when we don't tell that story, when we make when we when we leave the love of God out of things, it's it it can cause us to to not live into the life that God has for us. So um love is huge. Yeah. So Jeffrey, would you um would you tell the listeners um share more of the, your testimony of coming to know more of God's love, how you, you know, I mean, Dan and I know a lot of your backstory as far as, you know, being obedient to going to Bible college and getting to know the word, you know, knowing God, learning to hear his voice. Can you kind of give us a highlight reel version of that for the listeners um, just so they can hear your testimony and be encouraged by that as well? Absolutely. When I lived in uh, in uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, that was my wilderness experience. <laughs> I was in central Minnesota for 15 years, found out there was a Bible college in Colorado Springs. So the Lord said, go and I'll provide. And at that time, I was working in a ministry full time, 80 to 100 hours a week because I was overnight staff. Um, and I had room and board, no vehicle, no computer, no phone and uh, $50 a week. So I remember when I applied, it was in May, I sent the mail out on Memorial Day. And by that next Saturday, I received, they said, yeah, we accepted you. I think now they, I think they just accepted anybody actually, <laughs> they, they accepted me, <laughs> but I had to believe for the next, you know, few months before school started in August that God would provide. Cause he said, go and I'll provide. And it's just long story short, when I, the day I left, uh, when I flew out of Minneapolis, I had a one-way plane ticket, two bags of luggage and less than a hundred dollars. But God said, go and I'll provide. And so I had a place to stay for the weekend. And then that Monday when I went to school, I just had a peace that God, you've got this. And I didn't know how, I mean, I had no plan B. There was no plan B. Again, no vehicle, no cell phone, no computer, just a word from the Lord. So I remember I went uh, and Vicki was the uh, receptionist. I said, anybody sponsor me? She goes, well, let me check. She goes, you on the wait, wait in the break room. So I'm on the, you know, looking on the board for a place to live, uh, you know, a job, anything. And she came and she said, no, I'm sorry. Nobody did. It's like, oh no. She, I, she goes, well, how do you want to do it? Do you want to pay quarterly? Uh, what was it? It was a monthly quarterly or, uh, or for the year. I said, uh, how much is monthly? And it was 400. I said, yeah, I'll pick that one, but I didn't have any money. So what do I do? She goes, well, by faith, just go in registration and just sign up. It's like, it's easier for you, lady, you work here, you know? <laughs> and so I went in there and I'm literally filling out paperwork by faith. And somebody came in, his name was Jerry. He was from India. He goes, is your name Jeffrey? I said, yes. And he handed me a check for $1,560 that paid for my books and fees and tuition 
for the first semester and I just lost it. I just started bawling, mm-hmm. you know, but I still needed a place that night. Cause I didn't have a plate. Cause they said, you could stay till Monday night. I had like, I had no connections. So there was an intern that drove me around that day and he was on the phone calling people and, and uh, long story short, that night, somebody said, yeah, you can come stay with us for two weeks. And, and a first year student heard your story. So they're going to they're going to get your groceries for the next two weeks. And I'll just show you just where I was at, Amanda, as far as how I valued myself. We were in Whole Foods getting groceries. And I just it was so tough for me to even buy things. I mean, first of all, Whole Foods is a little higher up than um than other grocery stores. And I just, I just didn't feel, I didn't value myself. So it was challenging, but, but God did provide a place to stay, had a part-time job that school year and he paid for the tuition. But I did get trained up a few years later in the prophetic. And that, at that time, I just, I found out that I was able to hear God like instantly. I was trained up that uh, you give a word on, on, on demand. If somebody says, uh, if Dan says, you know, can you give me a word immediately? I would say, Lord, what do you want to say to Dan? And he would give it to me just mm. immediately. So I just practice on a bunch of people. And, um, throughout the years, uh, people found out I was the guy that they could just email me and get a, get a word. And so I think over the first year, it was over a thousand people that emailed me and mm. asked me for a word. And so it spread internationally, as you mentioned before. And I think I've given words to people in like 30 different countries now. Some countries, I, don't even, I didn't even know they existed. But I just, mm. I say, I start the recording the same way. Lord, what do you want to say to Dan? Lord, what do you want to say to Amanda? And just send it and record it to them. And now I have the opportunity to train others up because people are saying, well, Jeffrey, how do you hear God so clearly? It's like, I don't know. And I journaled one day and the Lord gave me seven steps. And it's like, now it's down to only three, um, which is so much easier, but it works. It works extremely well. And when people do these three steps and they have an accountability partner that helps them every day, they go from, I don't know if I can hear God to giving words to other people within 60 days. So it's, it's phenomenal how God has been help. God's been helping me disciple others to hear God more clearly. Wow. That's just, thank you so much for sharing that. That's super encouraging and would you mind also just sharing with the listeners, um, again, Dan and I, you know, we've known you for a while. We've heard some of the testimonies and stories, but could you just share, um, you know, a couple of people that you emailed words to um, and testimonies of people who have been through your, um, your coaching classes too, um, just to give the listeners an example of that process and, you know, what others have experienced by you know, being blessed by this ministry? Well, it's, it's a great question, Amanda, because last night we had a graduation, one of our coaching programs, and it was, it's called Discover Your Purpose. Um, and you can't get into that program unless you're invited and unless you've gone through the first course, which is hearing God clearly, because how, how can you go into discovering your purpose if you can't hear God? So um, this one student was like wavered, questioned God, can I hear? I mean, just all over the place last June. I mean, it was just like doubt, analyzing, guessing. I mean, it was, it was, it was crazy. It wasn't good. So she went through the first three months and then I invited her and it was a struggle. I mean, it was real challenging because she was moving and health conditions and her mom's health, all that stuff. Well, last night her husband was on and it was so cool because he testified that he saw a transformation in her life, like 180 degrees. It's like he, he saw the confidence that his wife has right now in hearing God. 
Hmm. Wow. Wow. What are some other, what are some other stories? Uh, I give you one that my first time I had a quote stretch word from somebody. Um, he was working in a ministry in Colorado Springs, met him in a break room and, uh, his friend introduced me and, and I, I always find this out a lot later. Like I was really skeptical. It's like, well, thanks for letting me know now. And so <laughs> I gave him a word and I was, and this is when I first started out, I would say, and his name was Jeff. I said, Lord, what do you want to say to Jeff? I'd listen and I'd wait and I'd wait and, and then I'd share it. And then I'd stop again. I'll say, Lord, what do you want to say to Jeff? So it was come like spurts, you know, it wasn't, it's like when someone tries to drive a stick shift for the first time, kind of herky jerky kind of thing. <laughs> That's how I gave words in the beginning. But then the Lord gave me this one word and it's like, I ain't saying that word. He said, say it. I said, I ain't saying it. Three times. So here's the deal. When God says it three times, you say it. I finally said, I said, Jeff, does animation mean anything to you? Because animation isn't a normal word that you use in an everyday conversation. And his jaw just dropped. He goes, I've been doing animation since seventh grade. Wow. And so that got his attention. And uh, he ended up becoming my very first A Transforming Word Ministry uh, partner. And he's, him and his wife are still with me today. And, and just the words that I've given him has helped him to go out and, and start a business with him and his wife. And it's, it's been such a blessing. But I just love uh, training up uh, the students that have gone through the program. And now they're able to give words to people. So on graduation last night, we, sat, we had some alumni on. And so what did they do? They gave her words. Which is, which is a huge, huge blessing. So it's not just falling on me where everybody needs to come to me. I don't want people to come to me all the time for word. One is enough, and then I'll teach you how to hear God so that you can hear God for yourself and for others. But um, I gave a word to a couple that was, in, uh, that was in Colorado that eventually moved to Ohio, and I think it's working out pretty well for them. <laughs> want to tell your listeners who that is? <laughs> You know, we, we have, a, we, we hear God and we, we try to take steps of faith and God has opened up doors for us in different ways. And, and, uh, we continue to trust God and we try to hear, hear him and obey him like everybody. And, uh, that's, that's exciting stuff. <laughs> um, so, you know, what I love listeners, you know, what Jeffrey said was here was so important that he does not want to be the go-to person. He wants to train others to do what he does. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He, he, you know, Jesus said, come follow me. I'll train you to do what I do. And so we don't want to be the go-to people for everyone. We can, we can do it once and we can do it a couple of times, but we eventually have to point people to God and we eventually have to point them to be kind of their own, their own sustainers. We don't want to be sort of a, a crutch for them. And, and that is such a huge thing because we, you know, people need to be trained up to, to go and, and, and fish for themselves. And I love that Jeffrey, because that's such an example of, of how Jesus did it. He took a, he took a group of 12 and it's radically changed the world. He, and um, so important to raise up other leaders because ultimately ministries, you know, that don't raise up the next generation of leadership, they, they fail. They, you have to be passing on the baton. It has to be, you know, modeling that and transferring the knowledge, transferring the wisdom, transferring that spirit to the to beyond because one person can't change the world other than Jesus. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, we have the kingdom is about multiplication. It's not about addition. It's about multiplication. It's training, training some moving on training more and having that multiplier effect. 
so and that is so true and, and like like i said before i don't want to be the go-to guy to give words to people before i would do that in fact i said every four months you can ask for another word and the lord says stop doing that they're relying on you you're like a crutch they will just wait and they literally put it on their phone on their calendar like i'm emailing jeffrey for another word because he said i could and the Lord told me to stop doing that. So last the last two years, I haven't done that. It's rare that when somebody has asked for another word that I give it to them. Now I have some alumni that um, that I can just pass it on to them. And they're more than willing to, to give words from the Lord. In fact, I don't use the word prophetic hardly at all because some people have had a word and it was, quote, a prophetic word. And it was, it was like somebody's opinion. It wasn't of God even though I'm in the office of a prophet. So when I teach my students um, to give a word from the Lord to others, we call them love letters from heaven. And the reason for that is because God said to me, he goes, Jeffrey, you're just the mailman. You don't write the letters. You don't censor them. You just deliver them. And so it's literally just from God's loving heart to somebody else. So when we deliver them, then they need to go back to the father and ask for the interpretation because I don't teach my students to interpret at all. The interpretation, they go, oh, that is so good. They don't have to go by the interpretation because then that's where people get up in their heads and they try to guess and go, well, I think it means this. I think it means that. And it's like, nope. If the father wrote the letter, the mailman's not the one that's going to give the interpretation. The son or daughter, whichever one, needs to go back to the father and say, father, what did you mean by this love letter? And that's where they get the interpretation. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Mm hmm. And I just think of, you know, the example that Jesus, you know, has in scripture of he would go to a quiet place and spend time with the father to know what his will was and just to stay in fellowship with him. And I know you've talked to us before about um, your journaling process and just how you spend quiet time and do active journaling. Um, can you share with listeners more about that? Yeah, I've been journaling since uh February of 2010, I got a prophetic word from Eileen Fisher when I was living in Colorado Springs. I was the last person that she was given a word to that night. And the Lord said to, uh, through her, you're going to journal, 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 journal. He said it four times. And in your journal, it's going to be full of scriptures. And through the process, you're going to be able to recognize my voice. Well, 13,000 pages later on my computer. <laughs> yeah, I hear God pretty well. And uh, there are times I remember the first time um, I was actually with you guys and the Lord says, I want you to do live journaling on, uh, it's like, Lord, are you serious? Because it's a very personal, my, I, I don't hardly ever share what's in my journal. And at that time I would say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Well, this is my big fear I had because he could have said, Jeff, you want to know who your wife is? No, she might be watching, you know, but <laughs> somebody told me, he says, God's not going to embarrass you like that. So my journal is what I call a conversation journal. And it's changed. I mean, literally within the last, I would say nine months because my journal, I always put the date down because I believe dates are very important, mm. even though I haven't had one for a while. But then the next thing I used to do is just almost like a diary and just talk about this is what I did. But one day, God started the conversation because when God speaks, I use quotation marks in my journal. But when I speak, I use brackets. So all of a sudden, a quotation mark came up and he said, um, Jeffrey, you, you teaching your students that I'm supposed to lead the conversation in the journal? I said, yeah, you are. He goes, well, from now on, I'm leading the conversation in this journal. So now I just put the date and quotation mark and then I just wait and just type. And I don't hear God when I'm typing. He just types through me. I don't like think and go, okay, God said that I type it out. And then I wait 
and type it out. It just flows through me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one time I asked the Lord, like when I give somebody a word, it just flows effortlessly. I don't, I'm not herky jerky. Like, what do you want to say? Wait, it just flows out of me. And I said, Lord, why is that? He said, Jeffrey, because you surrendered your mouth, lips and tongue to me. That's why it just flows out of you. So I encourage your listeners, if you haven't surrendered your mouth, lips and tongue to the Lord yet, why not do that right now? Just say, Lord, I surrender my mouth, lips and tongue to you. And you can speak through me at any time to anyone in Jesus name. Amen. And the funny thing is when I shared this with the one who graduated last night, we were on a zoom call and uh, the fire of God came on her and she was like, Oh, I'm so hot. I'm so hot. It's like, lady, keep your clothes on. I mean, the fire was just, just, it was just so hot. And now she just flows because she was given words last night too, which was, which was so amazing. Wow. Hmm. So, you said something earlier that made me really, um, you know, question, you know, so for many of us, we kind of understand when we hear the word prophecy or prophetic, it's all, it's always talking about the future where they're giving a prophetic word or pr- prophecy. But I think prophecy and prophetic might be larger than that. Can you help us understand kind of how you see prophecy and the prophetic? Absolutely. Um, for me, I just, I just bunch it all in that. What is God saying? And I mentioned before, like a word of knowledge is something that's happened in a person's life or is happening right now. Word of wisdom is like, when you guys moved, it's like, do we go here? Do we go there? Do we buy this house or this house? When you guys are in Colorado Springs, that's a word of wisdom, but a, a prophetic word is a word that has the power to change the present. Cause sometimes people are just stuck and nothing is happening. And then when somebody comes in and give a prophetic word, that it can change the rest of their life, their future. So it is a prophetic word is speaking about the future. And in 1 Corinthians 13, at the very end, it says, we, we, we know in part and we prophesy in part. So we're just getting like a piece of the puzzle. And we either say or hear whatever God reveals to us when we give a prophetic word. Now, can everybody prophesy? Yes, according to Paul. He said in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? Prophesy. And again, I don't use that that word uh, typically because people just, sometimes their walls go up. It's like, I don't have a prophetic word. You know, it's like, do you want an encouraging word from the Lord? Or sometimes I'm just bold and I'll just say, hey, I I was praying for you and the Lord was showing me that um, you need to be nicer to your kids. I, w- I wouldn't say that, um, but I would just ju- just jump in there and just say it where they don't have a chance to say yes or no. And I've done that many times, like in stores where I will, um, I remember going to a nutritional store and, uh, and I just got a word for this lady and just, it was like a 14 minute word. And she's just like weeping and crying and her coworkers were listening and they're looking, they're like, yeah, that was spot on. And I had never met this lady at all. But God knew her situation and God brought me into, into her store for that specific reason. And I just saw her just about a month ago and she's doing so, so much better. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. It's a rhema word, a timely word mm-hmm. can change everything. And that's why it's so important for us to always be listening to God. And yet it's so hard sometimes, at least for, for a lot of people, because we get so distracted. We get, the life is so busy and light. There's so many um, things vying for our attention, but God wants us to just go and be still and hear his still small voice. And just however he, 
he leads you to whether that's journaling. I mean, it's a great tool, but you know, God will use different things to speak to you individually. Say, Dan, I want to piggyback off. You said rhema word, and maybe your listeners don't know what that is. Uh, in the Greek and the New Testament, there's a logos and then there's a rhema word. Logos is the written word. It's the scriptures that we read. But a rhema word is a spoken word from God. And I just read something yesterday. So this is like fresh manna for you guys. No one else has heard this. Um, he quoted the scripture in Romans 10, 17 that says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema word of God, not the, not the scripture, but the spoken word of God. And I remember reading this book uh, last night called The Secret Place by Bill Duplay. And it said, the spoken word, he was referring to the rhema word, produces faith. And I thought that was interesting. So I meditate on that. And so then he's telling me, he said, Jeffrey, you have faith to heal the sick. And so I meditate on that this morning before I went to men's breakfast. It's like, you have faith to heal the sick. And then he brought me to Hebrews 12, 1. Who's, who's the author and finisher of our faith? It's Jesus. And so we have Jesus. So when he said, you have faith to heal the sick, he's really saying, you have Jesus to heal the sick. Get out of the way. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay. But I believe we need to hear testimonies of healings, for example. So maybe there's a listener right now that has chronic disease or pain or whatever, I encourage you to go watch or listen to healing testimonies of people that went through mm -hmm. that because your faith is going to rise up. God's no respect of person. Since he did it mm -hmm. for that person or those people, he can do it for you. Mm -hmm. And so that rhema word needs to be spoken. It's, it's just not scripture because I think a lot of people get hung up. They, they think when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, they think it's the logos word. It's like, I've been reading scriptures all my life and standing on these, you know, these healing scriptures, nothing's happened, but somebody like a pastor, for example, a church could have a word of knowledge and just say, um, the Lord is healing somebody of arthritis in their left knee right now. And that was a rhema word. It came out and the person goes, that's my left knee. And, and they just receive healing. It could be that simple. So that's the difference between a, a logos and a rhema word. Hmm. So good. And so, you know, what we're listening to can affect our lives and who we are surrounding ourselves and the voices we're listening to can dramatically affect the trajectory of our lives. And so, you know, we see this even in Jesus's lives when, you know, he, when he took, he took some of the people he was healing, he took them out of the village away from other people away from the family, away from the friends, because he wanted to do something special and he didn't want any other voices to be speaking into those lives. He wanted them to be completely away because, you know, if we're, if we're constantly looking for the affirmation, if we're constantly looking for the approval or, you know, just somebody else to, to their, their, their opinion of something and we're not, and we're elevating their opinion above the word of God or, or that rhema word from God, that hinders what God wants to do in our lives. And so, you know, it's so important that we are constantly around people who believe that God speaks to us and that he wants to have fellowship with us and he wants to do amazing things in us and through us. And that's what the mission of life is. You know, that's why we get these stories is because we believe that God is no respecter person. He truly will do the things when, when, when we interview guests, we believe that, you know, their stories can be your stories as well. 
if you get that word from God, if that's what God is calling you to do, if you get it, if you hear it, and you let it bear fruit in your life, and then you go and act in faith on it, God will do those things for you. And, you know, that's why we do this podcast. It's not so we can talk with, you know, wonderful people or, you know, just sit here on the microphone and hear our own voices. It's because we want people to hear the words and the stories of people that are living lives that are impacting people, you know, in their space and around the world. And we want that to challenge all of us to go and believe and trust God for bigger things in our own lives. Amen. And Dan, what's so special about that is um, testimonies means to repeat, duplicate, do again. So when you hear testimonies uh, with all your guests that you have and your listeners are listening that what God did for that person, God can do it for somebody else. And I remember an example of a student that said, can you pray for my mom? She was a single mom. I did. And the Lord said, you know, I'm your daddy. I'm your provider. Just trust me. I've got this and she meditated on that word for like two weeks. She listened to it again and again. And the Lord just gave her a new image on the inside. Two weeks later, somebody wrote her a check for $56,000 and paid off her mortgage mm-hmm. and sent her on a cruise. And so there was another gentleman that was listening. And I promise you that he was thinking, Lord, you did it for, for her. You can do it for me. And he happened to be the first person we prayed for. So we sat him in the seat. And this is the very first words came out of my mouth. The Lord said, God's going to bless you uh, financially. It's going to come sooner than later. In less than 24 hours, somebody wrote him a check for $10,000. So with all of your guests that you're going to be having on here, Dan, whatever the testimonies that are going out, people can say, yes, I, I can receive that as well, too, because God's not a respecter of persons. Why not me? Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I know you're pretty active on social media, and I know you're starting to do these things called testimony, testimony days. Can you tell us a little bit more about how um, people can kind of begin to follow you on some of the social media channels that you're on? Absolutely. They're called Testimony Tuesdays, and they can go to A Transforming Word Ministries Facebook page. Um, We have it there or on my uh, YouTube channel, Jeffrey Hardwick. And basically, the Lord just wanted me to start last, I think it was November, December, just to interview people and just, it really comes down to this is just sharing the goodness of God, because what does the goodness of God do? It leads people to repentance. So there are people that are listening every single week that I know personally that aren't saved yet, but the seed just keeps going in the heart. They keep hearing testimonies. They're not hearing about my life. They're hearing about other people's lives from all over. In fact, tonight, uh, my mentor and coach is going to be joining me. Uh, He's from Toronto, Canada, and he has a ministry for singles to prepare us for kingdom covenant marriage. And so he's going to be sharing his testimony and it's, it's going to be amazing, but I just love doing that because uh, we use StreamYard so people can come in and, and drop in the comments and we can share those comments or we can do some Q and a, and I mean, it's, it's just been a huge blessing. So literally every week, I have no idea who's going to be the guest. <laughs> I didn't know he's going to be my guest till yesterday. Um, I have asked other people, but you know, their, their time is, has been a little fluid, so they weren't able to make it, but it's, it's just been a huge blessing. It's similar to what you guys are doing right here. It's awesome. What other kind of things are you doing on social media? Uh, I post every single day called God's encouraging word. I started doing that. I think it was in, uh, I think it was in December. And uh, it was a leather bound journal that I got. I couldn't believe it. I looked at the beginning and it was in 2013. And I don't even know what, where I was at that time, but I remember opening up and I, and I read the first page and it was the Lord had, you know, wrote it out. He said, 
this journal is not blank. It is full of my words. Well, what I was using it for was kind of a gratitude journal. And that's when the Lord says, I want you to change it. So I put the date down, quotation mark, and then I had no idea what God was going to say. So every morning after breakfast, that's what I do. And it's always the same length. And then what I do is I just uh, type it out on uh, the Facebook pages. And now I'm putting it out on LinkedIn as well. And so people can get an encouraging word every morning from, from the Lord. And it really blesses people. The Lord wants me to ask at the end of every post what stood out, what resonated, how you encourage. And the reason for that is because it's going to bless those that are, that are reading it as well. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll do a Facebook Live. I've been using, like I said, StreamYard. It just works a, a lot easier for me. I can have guests on. And, and actually, we, we did a soaking prayer this, this last Sunday. And it was just so cool because people were just blessed by me. I mean, they could just sense the presence of the Lord. God spoke to them. I love when people cry when we do self comparisons because mm -hmm. you know God's healing their heart. <laughs> wow. So good. So good. Well, listeners, we will have those links at the, uh, on, the, uh, on the show notes as well. Jeffrey, for, tho for, for those who are, are listening and saying, man, I just truly want to I truly want to hear God. I want to take, I want to, I'm going to commit to myself that I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, focus on hearing God more in my life. I'm going to commit to that. What are some first steps that they can begin to hear God's voice? How can they begin to hear those better? That's a great question, Dan. I will ask the listeners, um, what if I could show you a way that I, I guarantee you that you would hear God's voice today? Would you do it? Would you do it? I can hear them all say, yes. How do you do that? You open up the Bible and you read the scriptures out loud because think about it. God spoke, somebody heard it, wrote it down. It's exact words. And now we get to read it. So when you speak it out loud, you're going to be able to hear it. And I can't tell you how many students are, have just immediately within the first week, they can start hearing God because they've been reading the scriptures out loud. I also mm -hmm. teach that when you read the scriptures, that you read it slow, you just slow down. Cause a lot of times people have a, you know, their Bible study, uh, I got to read four chapters today and they just read through it and the check mark, I'm done. That wasn't much of a relationship you know, time. You didn't really mm -hmm. learn much. And this is the Lord. The Lord got me on this probably about six months ago. I was reading, I closed the Bible and he said, um, so what are your takeaways from that? It's like, crap, I wasn't like paying attention. <laughs> and so after that, he was just like, you need to, I, I can ask you this at any time. What were your takeaways? And he asked me that today. I'm in the book of Acts reading about Paul and Barnabas. What are your takeaways today? So that that's what I encourage you to do is speak the word out because it is God's living word. You're going to hear it in your ears and then you're going to believe in your heart. But again, Dan, it really comes down to you need to believe that you're already hearing God's voice. Because if you say, how can I hear God? Am I hearing God? That's just doubt. That's the, the devil loves that you're questioning and wavering back and forth whether you can hear him or not. You hear God, people can, God can speak through people and you can hear him. How many times you've been in church or maybe listen to podcasts or uh, YouTube videos that you knew that was God speaking to you, speaking to your heart. So it's not like it has to be an audible. And I personally don't hear God's audible voice for the exception of when I read the scriptures out loud, because it is his word and it's just coming through my mouth. Does that make sense? So good. So good. Listeners, Jeffrey has an amazing ministry. He sends out monthly updates, words um, that he's hearing. He sends, they're so encouraging. And uh, his daily uh, encouragements are also um, 
spot on. So if you're not following Jeffrey, you, you should be. It, it, it would be a blessing. So we want to encourage you to do that. Jeffrey, so good having you on the show. Thank you so much yes, for spending you. some time with us and our listeners today. Amen. I appreciate you guys having me on here. And the last word I'll give you guys is you do hear God's still small voice. I just encourage you to get alone with the Lord, get your Bible out, read it out loud, and then and focus on your heart because that is where Jesus is living is in your heart. Amen. 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 So good. 